Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. everyone welcome to adventures in autism episode 148 i am megan carranza thank you so much for coming to listen if it is your first episode welcome so happy to have you and if you've been listening thank you so much for coming on back to the show i can't believe how close we're getting to 150 episodes i just realized that as i was saying that this is episode 148 we're just trucking along actually the three year kind of anniversary of Adventures in Autism is coming up in just a couple months in September. So that is very cool. And if you've been listening since the beginning, thank you. You guys are amazing. And if you're a newer listener, awesome. So, so like I said before, so happy to have you. <laughs> um, and truly just so grateful for all of you and just this whole community, especially I think in today's episode, uh, there's a very strong kind of community influence that I will get to later. But today is another hot topic coming at you. And this is one that was highly requested and something that honestly just comes up a lot in like DMs and emails, messages. And that is relationships focusing kind of on marriage, friends, and family after a diagnosis after your child is diagnosed. And I thought about doing a a separate kind of like just marriage and then doing like maybe a family and friends, but I thought I could combine them because I think there's, there's definitely themes that carry over in all your different relationships, you know, with, with different people, depending on what, what their role is in your life. Um, and I had, like I said, kind of reached out to the community. I put up a story and asked for just people's experiences, both good and bad, you know, positive or negative or more challenging while navigating these relationships after a diagnosis. And I got like tons of responses, (laughs) probably more than I've ever got when I put up like that little question box. So obviously this is a topic that is very, personal and close to all of your hearts and and mine as well. So I'm excited to do this one. As I always say with these hot topics, I think, you know, it's great. I'm glad to have these episodes to kind of point people in the direction of when, you know, like I said, if this comes up in a DM, I can say, hey, check out this episode. And I just think because these topics are like more pressing and, you know, kind of like deserve a a whole episode, but always want to just throw out the disclaimer. This is really coming from my experience. I am going to share some of those responses I got a little bit later, Um, but I'm going to talk about our personal experiences, you know, with just me and Manny, like within our marriage and just with my own, you know, friends and family after Logan's diagnosis, or I guess even like leading up to the diagnosis at all, it all kind of is part of the journey. Um, but yeah, I never want to sound like, you know, preachy or like I'm spewing out advice. I, I mean, I do have like a couple things that I found to be really helpful that I'm, I'm going to share today, but 
these hot topics are really just kind of a sounding board, a place for people to relate to and listen to, kind of like all the episodes. <laughs> um, but I always like to just throw out that little disclaimer because I'm by no means an expert, but you know, I live this every day just like you guys do. So, okay, to start, I'm going to talk about marriage. And this honestly is like probably top three of the topics that I get asked about in, like I said, like DMs or messages. This comes up a lot. And it's something that I feel fortunate that was not too much of a struggle for me and Manny. I'm going to elaborate because that doesn't mean it wasn't a struggle at all, but maybe like in different ways. But very often I get asked like, did your husband have a harder time accepting the diagnosis? Like, did it drive a wedge between you guys? Because um, it does seem like that is a, a fairly common issue. I just recently was talking to another kind of newer listener who was saying that her child is not diagnosed yet, but that her husband was really having a hard time even like using the word autism, which I totally get. I remember me feeling like that, Manny feeling like that. We weren't even saying it to each other. I've, I've talked about this on previous episodes and any of the episodes that Manny has been on, it's come up for sure. We've kind of gone back over sort of like the beginning days, but you know, leading up to Logan's diagnosis or really like leading up to us, um, just kind of seeking the diagnosis, I should say. The, the Really the whole time that he was in early intervention, Manny and I were both questioning if he could be on the spectrum, but not really saying it to each other. We would talk about him, you know, having a speech delay and possibly having like, they, they always said global delay when he was in early intervention. So, you know, we knew that there were challenges. And I remember talking about it like with his therapist and his team, but being so scared to tell Manny, like, I think that Logan might have autism because I thought this is going to just crush him. And little did I know he was thinking the exact same thing because when Logan was, even before he started early intervention, there was one day, Manny's talked about this on his episodes, but he was calling Logan's name and he was not answering. And for some reason he Googled like my you know, my, my baby won't answer to his name. I think he was like just about a year around this point. And that was like the first thing, of course, that popped up on Google was that it could be a sign of autism. And from that kind of moment on, Manny just sort of had it in his head. And I would say neither of us were like a hundred percent sure until we really decided to, you know, schedule the evaluation. And then of course we had a super long wait list, but leading up to that, it wasn't until, I had that one fateful parent-teacher conference where the speech therapist also came and talked about Logan having autism. And then, you know, I called Manny hysterically crying after and was like, he thinks Logan might have autism. And we were both very um, emotional and it was definitely a tough pill to swallow. But it also, it led us to have some really honest conversations with each other and ourselves. And we realized, oh, wow, we've both been thinking this the whole time and we just haven't expressed it. So that was a big deal. And like I said, it's not like I have like a ton of advice, but I would say, you know, if if you are in that position with your spouse and they are, you know, maybe like more in denial or more resistant, like leading up to the diagnosis or even afterward, 
I would really try to just have that super honest conversation with them. And maybe they're not ready. And that's okay, too. I always, and I'm going to suggest this for other things, too, but I always think writing it down is super helpful. Maybe writing down your feelings, like, in a letter and just giving them the letter or writing it, you know, in an email, whatever is comfortable for you. I know that doesn't necessarily... Like having an in, an in-person conversation probably is always like the best way to go, but sometimes it's really hard to get your feelings out. And if, you know, having that conversation isn't going anywhere, it's hard just to get the words out or you're going in circles. I think sometimes like just getting all of your thoughts out on paper can be really helpful. But yeah, anyone who's struggling where it's like their, their spouse is like maybe more in denial or doesn't want to talk about autism... I think in as hard as this can be, I think it's just really important to have patience or a, a phrase I hear tossed around a lot that annoys me, but it's true is, you know, give them grace, give yourself grace at that time because it it's really, really challenging. And I always say it, but it's so true. I really never judge a parent for where they are in their journey because, you know, this is uncharted territory when you're, when you're dealing with it, especially in the beginning. And it can be really hard to just figure out how you're feeling yourself, let alone telling somebody else. So that would, that would be my advice for that. And like I said, as far as our experience, Manny and I, I think we're really lucky that we were pretty much a united front, like from the beginning. Once, once we had that conversation and we both realized, okay, we want to move forward with getting this diagnosis it was not difficult for us to have these conversations. I mean, it was the conversations were difficult just because like in nature, <laughs> they're difficult. But it wasn't hard for us to like be honest and tell each other like what we're, you know, really scared of for the future, what we're concerned about, kind of like our hopes and dreams for Logan, our fears for Logan. I mean, we were definitely very honest with each other. And I think that is kind of the best, the best way you can be. And I think, again, it really stems from being honest with yourself too. So, and you might yourself listening, you might be feeling really honest with yourself, but your partner might not be there yet. And like I said, as as hard as that is, I think it's so important to just like kind of give them patience and maybe, maybe nudge, but try to just be gentle with your approach because it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's really difficult to, to navigate these things. Um, I will say kind of moving forward, I think what was a challenge for us and what I think really just in the past like probably year or so that we have gotten better is definitely after Logan was diagnosed, and I've talked about this too, but like shortly after he was diagnosed, like probably maybe six months later, I found that I was pregnant with Layla. So, you know, we were had a newly diagnosed child with autism. We had like a little toddler Liliana was like 17 months old when I got pregnant. And then, you know, not long after we had another baby, we had a newborn. And that was definitely just like a challenging time <laughs> for sure. And I, I, I feel like we really kind of went into like survival mode. I know I definitely did. And I've mentioned that before too. But I think just as a couple, we kind of lost our way a little bit because we were both so focused on not not only just Logan, but just like kind of the season we were in with like little kids, but then on top of that, you know, dealing with a, a child with autism. So I know for me, I definitely 
kind of put our marriage on the back burner. I think Manny wasn't necessarily so much of the, um, I think he was more kind of a victim of that, to be honest. I mean, I don't think either of us made our marriage like the best priority that we could have, but I know for me, for sure, I was very preoccupied with, you know, all the things and making the phone calls and going to the appointments and figuring out the therapies and the schedule. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's a lot. So it's not even like I fault myself for that, but I do think our marriage suffered because of it. And we definitely had a couple years where it was kind of a slog and it was, it was tough. And I mean, we always loved each other, but we definitely, you know, had the times where we didn't like each other (laughs) very much. And we just like, weren't making our time together so much a priority. But then, yeah, like I said, it was probably around around a year ago, maybe a little more, which is funny because it was like during the pandemic. So it was harder <laughs> to get out, obviously. But I think we not only were just kind of reaching a place where things kind of felt like a little more calm, like we had our schedules kind of figured out. The kids were getting a little bit older. They weren't like quite as, you know, I mean, obviously they're still needy, but I wasn't like nursing a baby anymore and like up all night and that kind of thing. So it gave us a little more space, I think, for each other. And, you know, little by little, it started with like a date night here and there. And then we went away for the weekend together. And that was awesome. We actually had a couple little kind of overnights, whether they were further away, like we went to Nashville last summer. And then we just did like a a local trip in the fall, just an overnight. And I think anytime you can have as a couple, like just together and not in your, in your same space, like kind of getting out of your house and not just for, you know, the night, obviously date nights are great and very important. Um, but for us, it really did help that we like got away for like a day or two and we're really kind of able to just like focus on each other and not be so kind of like weighed down with everything that was going on at home or in our lives. Like we were just kind of able to sort of like mentally and figuratively unplug a little bit and just focus on each other. And that has paid off so much. I will tell you like date nights (laughs) for us, it's just like a little recharge. Like it really does recharge the batteries of our relationship. And it, it definitely, it shows us that we can like have fun together and it's, it really is. It's so important. And we were for so long, like the couple that if we were lucky, had like two dates a year. Like we would go out for like our anniversary and maybe one of our birthdays. I mean, truly like that was what we were working with. Um, and that's, that's tough for sure. So I feel, I feel like overall, I just think that Manny and I are lucky to be honest. I don't think that there's, I mean, I think that we have, we, we have put some of the work in, but I think a lot of it was just luck and the fact that we do have like a solid foundation I, I always say it, but like Manny really is my person and I'm, I just feel really blessed to have found him and that we were able to, you know, build this life together. And there are definitely challenges. We, we have, we have our difficult moments or difficult days and our kids, you know, drive us up the wall sometimes. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we're just really lucky. I don't want to act like it's perfect, but <laughs> overall, um, that's pretty much what I have to say about marriage. If you have any other like specific questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me. But as far as like our marriage and autism are concerned, that is sort of the, the, the main chunk of the story for us. Um, yeah, overall I would say pretty, pretty positive, 
pretty much on the same page. There, there are occasionally times where we, we disagree on like something to do for Logan. Never, never really with like the big stuff, but sometimes with like the smaller stuff, neither Manny or I are very good, like disciplinarians. And sometimes he tries to act like he is, but I'll tell you the truth. He's not. So <laughs> sometimes I think like one of us will, will put our foot down about something and, and sometimes we're not on the same page with that kind of thing, but it's usually like smaller stuff. Like, you know, I want them to like go to bed early or something <laughs> like not necessarily big stuff like that. So yeah, like, it, like I said, in that sense, I think we're really lucky, but I do think again, we've, we've been very honest with each other, like in the hard times and the good times, just talking about you know, what we want for Logan, what we want for ourselves. We definitely, this past year, especially because we have been putting the more of the focus in, we have made more time, not just for each other, like going out and stuff, but, but having those conversations, I think it was really good for us just to open up about, you know, our relationship and what we want for each other and for our marriage, like going forward. I think that's huge. We also, we've been saying forever that we want to go to, um, like, marriage counseling, not because we're in, you know, crisis mode, but I think that it's just really beneficial for any couple. Um, and we haven't made that happen yet, but I would like to, so that is on the horizon and I will report back when it happens. Um, okay. So kind of moving on to family relationships. I think this is like a little more tricky, but again, I think we have had a overall good experience this comes up a lot in, in my DMs and people will reach out and say, you know, my sister or brother or in-laws or somebody had, you know, something negative to say or something unhelpful to say. And I totally get it. I've definitely been there. Um, there, there's been a few things that people have, have said or done that I just did not appreciate. I'll say <laughs> Um, and I'm going to try to be delicate with this because I don't want, you know, people to think I'm like talking about them, but I do want to talk about some experience that experiences that I have had. Um, there was a family member one time who they were trying, and, and that's a really common thread is people often are trying to be helpful or they think they're being helpful or they think they're saying something that is helpful or kind or comforting. And oftentimes they're missing the mark, but I think most of the time that is not their intention. Now there are some terrible people out there who maybe are, you know, trying to hurt you. I don't, I don't really think mm, most of the time <laughs> that anyone in my, like my experience personally is like coming after us or saying something to deliberately hurt us. Um, but I mean, I don't know you, you know, if you're listening, you may, you may have had a situation like that, but I will give a, a couple examples. I once had a family member and this was like around the time it must've been like close to April or something. And they had shared a post that I had put up on Facebook and then kind of wrote their own little message. Um, oh, you know, I know what it was. It, I was talking about one of the events or, um, kind of something I was doing with Autism Hero Project, which is a local uh, 
awesome nonprofit that I love. And actually they have their big yearly gala coming up in September. I need to check the date and I will get back to you guys because I will be there and I can't wait. And any local people, you definitely should come to because it's going to be wonderful and it all benefits AHP, which is my absolute favorite nonprofit charity to support. So stay tuned for details on that. But I was trying to help them raise money. I think it was like for Giving Tuesday or something. And I had put up, you know, a, a post like looking for donations. And so somebody had shared that, somebody in our family. And again, they were trying to be helpful. But the message that they wrote with it was, oh, you know, this Logan is my so-and-so. And he suffers from autism and like that's not like a huge thing but it definitely it it bugged me that somebody would say that Logan suffers because I I don't think that he's suffering from autism I think that he has autism he is autistic but that word suffer just like hit me wrong because if you know Logan he is such like a happy-go-lucky kid and he always is and he's especially with, with this person the person who said it Logan loves them and like always wants to be picked up and thrown around and just like he is very um I mean, not to say he doesn't have, like, the times where he has, has hard times, but I think overall he's just, like, such a happy kiddo. So hearing somebody say that they thought Logan was suffering was, it just, it it really, it, it hit me. It bugged me. And this was a while ago, and I, again, this was online, so I did not say, I did not say anything. But it definitely, it still kind of bugs me. Um, but then not too long after that, I was talking to this person at, like, a family kind of function, and they said something about autism. Oh, we were talking about like getting coverage uh, for, you know, insurance purposes and how difficult it is to oftentimes like just get an evaluation and how expensive it is. Because I mean, our, our the doctor that we went to was in network, but we still paid like a decent chunk of money out of pocket for that evaluation. And just like with therapy and whatnot, I mean, you guys know there's like tons of expenses and I was saying how I thought it was really unfair because, you know, autism is, it's something that absolutely deserves the treatment and it shouldn't be something that, you know, it's like you're, you're being denied access for or care for or the resources. And this person was like, oh yeah, I mean, it's a disease. So it's like, these kids need treatment. And I, and that time I was like, no, I'm like, it's not a disease. It's a disorder. And when I said it, they kind of like brushed me off like, oh yeah, whatever. And I'm like, no, that's a really important distinction. I'm like, Logan isn't sick. <laughs> because again, this person had previously said that he was suffering. So it was like, I'm like, okay, is there just like a disconnect here? So I, I did kind of have that like uncomfortable moment where I called them out kind of and tried to in a gentle way just say, you know, I th I think you maybe have some confusion. Autism is, you know, a neurological disorder, but it is it is not a disease. Logan is not sick. Sometimes there are, you know, comorbid diagnoses that can cause, you know, sickness or other other medical issues, which I, you know, I totally understand, but in our case that that's not something that we deal with. Um, so that was, that was one example. And I, I think it was well received. We ended up coming to, you know, a pretty good conclusion with that of like, okay, I'm, you know, 
I'm glad you explained that going forward. Now I know. And honestly, all of these things happened like a couple years ago and there has not been an issue with this person since. Um, And it's somebody that I I care for. I'm just trying to, like I said, be a little discreet. Um, Other than that, I would say most of our family has been very supportive. Again, there's definitely times where things maybe are said that I don't love or I don't appreciate, especially in the beginning. This is something I've talked about a lot with like my mom and my sister because, you know, obviously we're close and like when they would see other family or family friends and I wasn't there, it it used to make me really nervous because I thought like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say about Logan? Like I was just so, I was so kind of in my own head at that point and, and nervous about really everything. Um, and my sister would say I was trying to control the narrative, which I think I totally was doing that. Like, I didn't want anyone to have conversations about Logan if I wasn't there. And obviously, like, that's not always going to happen. Like, people are going to have conversations. Yeah, like a family, you know, function or event. And I, I've definitely let go of that. Of course, I would really like it if people just had a question and they asked me. <laughs> I could give them my own answer. Um, but A, I think my, my mom, my sister, or anyone who, you know, is, is answering a question about Logan or autism or anything, I think they would like do their best. I think that they would know that I, how, how I feel about the situation and, you know, kind of like represent us well. I know that maybe sounds kind of stupid, but that was definitely something that I sort of struggled with. And I will say, I think over time, any of the relationships like within our family that maybe there was like some not like awkwardness but like that of people like like I said kind of not knowing what to say or feeling like nervous to say something with family friends strangers anybody I always say I would much rather have you like ask the question than you know assume your own answer or not not or or or, or you know like have that that awkwardness I would rather you just ask me And we can have a conversation about it. But I think over time, either we've been able to become more comfortable to have those conversations, or I think just because I'm very open with everything, I think other people have kind of followed suit. And now it's those conversations really aren't even awkward because they're fairly common. Um, And people will ask me like, oh, how is Logan doing with this? Or I saw that he did this. That's so great. And it, that's, that definitely has been a really good thing. I think just with like being so honest and open, I know not everybody is such an open book like I am. Um, and that's fine too. But I think just like with, you know, your marriage, I think just being honest with your family and friends, kind of letting them know like where, where you're at, where your child is at. I just think that that really leads to just more, more like open communication overall, which I think for most relationships, that's like kind of what it boils down to is just like having that open communication, saying what's bothering you, saying what you're maybe holding back. And that's just a good thing. Again, I will share a little more of what some of the listeners have, have told me, um, coming up. But I know some of you there, there's been many times where I've heard like people say, oh, like I said, so this family member says things that are rude. I don't know how to respond. And I would almost kind of give the same advice like I did with your marriage is like, if you 
are not comfortable having that conversation with the person, like maybe write them a letter or write them an email or just even just like, like I said, I had that awkward kind of moment with my family member where I I sort of like had to correct them and, and kind of call them out. And since then there really hasn't been an issue. So I think sometimes it, it does definitely take a little bit of, you know, courage to to have that conversation or to tell someone the awkward thing but I think if you can do that and open up that communication then you're gonna be better for it and truly again if the person is not receiving it well or if they're just like not a great person then maybe maybe it won't do much to change things but I think you as a person will feel better just from like saying your piece because this is something I tell people a lot is and this is true like I always feel like you know if somebody has their own like preconceived notion about whatever and then I tell them my side and if it doesn't change their mind or change their view that's fine because that says a lot more about them as a person than it does about me. And then I know like, okay, I'm going to distance myself from you. Um, and this will come up again, talking about friends, but same, I mean, honestly, same thing with family members. And I know that that isn't always easy. I think there are many situations where it's, it's really tough. You know, someone who you could be like, really, I've, I've had people even say like, it's their mom or their father that have said, unkind things or like uh, not understanding. And that's so tough. And my heart goes out to you. But again, I would just really encourage you to have those conversations and really just sit down with that person or call them up and say, I just have to tell you when you have said X, Y, or Z, it hurt me because of this. And again, I know that probably sounds really tough and awkward and I'm an outspoken person and those moments can still be tough. Or, I mean, it's not just like outspoken, but like, I, I don't, I don't like dance around things too much. Like I'm pretty direct, but still those, those things are still tough. But if you're someone who's like non-confrontational or more shy, I get that, that probably sounds like excruciating. <laughs> um, but I also think if it's like, if it's for your kid, we all have this like extra layer of strength encourage kind of built in. So it's like, you got to like dig deep into that bravery and have, have those conversations. And I'm going to talk about friendship next, but I think kind of, again, these, these themes all sort of carry throughout. So it's like, depending on the relationship, you know, what road you need to take. But again, I think the kind of the theme to me is always like communication. So as far as friendship goes, this is something I got a lot from people just like talking about how it's really difficult to maintain friendships and it's tough, you know, when you all have kids around the same age and your kiddos on a different path. I 100% relate to that. I know for me, I'm someone who I'm really lucky. I have a lot of like really old friends, like most of my friends are from high school. And so they've been in my life for an extremely long time. And several of us were having babies like right around the same time. Logan has what two of my like closest friends have ba- had babies. Like we were pregnant at the same time and the, they were all boys and they were all born with like weeks of each other. And seeing them grow up together was like so wonderful and being pregnant together and having babies together was amazing. But then there definitely was a time for us, for me, 
where, you know, our path kind of started to go the other way. And I did talk about this with my best friend, Amy, when she was on, she's a therapist. I can't remember the number of the episode she was on. If you are wondering, if you have not listened to that episode, I will send you a message. <laughs> um, it was, it was like in the fall though, I believe when she was on and it, the episodes all at mental health, but we did talk about kind of our relationship at that time and just her as a friend, especially cause our, 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 our boys were actually born nine days apart. So we, I mean, we really did like everything together when they were little and, you know, for a long time, it was like they were kind of doing things at the same time. Like, oh, he rolled over. Oh, he crawled. Oh, he's walking. Like, it was like they were they were really doing things sort of on, on track with each other. And then, you know, around like a year or so, it seemed like, especially with, obviously with Logan's speech mainly, um, but then even with like fine motor and just like some cognitive things, we started to notice like more gaps developing. Um, so Amy and I talk about that and just like, maintaining a friendship like at that time which I'm so thankful for her because she always was like just such a wonderful supportive friend and and sounding board again she's a she's a therapist (laughs) that episode was all mental health but I'm very very blessed to have her as a friend um and I should mention she is my my best friend who I've mentioned the show before but her husband Brian passed away very suddenly, very unexpectedly in April. Um, so she has always been such an amazing, incredible friend to me. And I can only hope that I can be that friend to her right now because she is going through just truly the worst thing you could possibly experience. So please continue to keep her and her kids in, in your thoughts and prayers. And, um, just like I said, please pray for them because they are, it's been a couple months now and it is, it has really, really been tough. Um, and like I said, I'm just so lucky because Amy, Amy was so there for me during like the time, you know, when I was kind of on this journey with Logan of sort of discovering things and just really there for me, like every step of the way. So I do have a couple of, like I said, my, my really old friends who, were were there for me like Amy and were supportive a couple of them too who like didn't have kids at the time or still don't have kids but were still very supportive I remember like my my one of my other best friends who's actually Layla's godmother my friend Brienne the the week that Logan was diagnosed I reached out to her and told her like everyone kind of knew that we were going through this and sort of navigating and seeking the diagnosis. And when I told her, she was like, okay, you know, I I love you. I'm thinking about you. And then she was like, I'm going to come over this weekend and sleep over. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, And she did. She came, she came with like, you know, two or three bottles of rosé and she slept over at my house and it was wonderful. You know, we stayed up probably drinking and crying and just letting it all out. And that was something that meant so much to me to have somebody who just like really had my back and was there for me. And she had, at the, I remember saying to her, like, you know, everyone keeps telling me that they're sorry and I hate hearing that. 
And she was like, I'm not sorry for Logan. She's like, but I do. She's like, I feel for you because I know this is hard for you. So she's like, I'm not worried about him. She's like, he has, you know, you and he has amazing parents and he's going to be fine. She's like, I just want to be, you know, there for you and be supportive of you, which I feel like as a friend, like there's really nothing that you could want more than that. So again, I, I just think I've been like very, very blessed with some really awesome, like old, old friends. And even my friends who maybe weren't necessarily like right there like that. Like I was talking to every day, like Amy or came to sleep over like Brienne. Like I had friends who were checking in with us and asking questions and, you know, kind of wanting to know what was going on, but not wanting to pry. And those people, I just like really, really appreciated. I will say, and I still do have like a, a level of guilt about this, but I have a couple friends who were somewhat newer friends that I met kind of like through work as I was like, you know, more of an adult, but like in my like early twenties, um, and they were still what I would consider like good friends. Um, and I really kind of let those relationships go, which like I said, I, st- I still have a level of guilt about, I, I don't necessarily fault myself because I know I just had like so much on my plate at that time. And I really was just kind of dealing with things the best that I could. And, you know, there were people who I am super duper close to, and we have like that super strong bond that like nothing would really come between. But I, like I said, I had other friends who I I would have considered like my good friends at that time. And I was just I was just kind of like overrun and it was like, I only had time for the people who felt like they were like really in my inner circle and like really in my close circle. And that's not to say that these people did anything wrong as friends because, you know, they didn't, I think they were like kind of doing the best that they could. Um, but that's sometimes that happens. And I, like, again, I'm, I'm lucky. I don't really feel like I had anyone who said anything like super rude or like they fell off because they wanted to distance themselves from me. I don't, I really didn't have anybody in my life like that, thankfully, but it was, it, it was hard for me just like navigating everything to make time for like everyone that I had in my life when I had like this, this huge thing that was weighing on me, but also taking up a lot of my, my time and just my headspace. And yeah, I definitely, like I said, I, I have, I still feel badly and you know, who knows, I could reconnect with these friends and I, I would, I would love to one day, especially now that I'm kind of in a little more like stable sort of place. Um, but it's, it's very, it's challenging. Navigating friendships is really hard. This came up a lot in the the, the question or the responses that I got to, to the question. Um, and yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's challenging for sure with any of these relationships. And that's why I think this, this is such a hot topic because, you know, none of us are like expecting to get this autism diagnosis and it rocks our world so much. And your relationships are such a huge part of your world. So I think, you know, kind of looking looking back on, on everything and just kind of where we're at now, like I said, to me, the number one thing is just like communication and having that open, honest communication with yourself, with other people, you know, with your spouse, with your family members, with your friends. And I think that can only lead to 
to good things. Again, that's not to say that there isn't challenges. Um, but that would, that would be like my, my best advice. If you have another question specifically, feel free to reach out to me, but I hope that's helpful just to listen to that. Um, okay. I'm going to take a a quick break and then I'm going to come back and share some of those responses I got. So stay tuned. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out-of-Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like Something Borrowed or Something Blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, so jumping back in, I like I said, I got a ton of responses when I, I put up a little question box in my my stories and I just asked, you know, your experiences, you guys, the listeners' experiences with navigating relationships after a diagnosis and, you know, whether it be marriage, family, or friends, kind of what has stuck out to you. And I've got lots of responses. This is definitely a hot topic, so it's very appropriate for today. Um, some of these were kind of similar, so I'm going to sort of try to combine them because there there were a lot but I want to hit on some of the really important ones um okay so this this came up a lot in different ways um but this one says navigating friendships with neurotypical moms as your kids age and differences become more obvious yeah that is definitely really challenging and this came up again somebody else said something really similar um, oh, that was in a message, but somebody else elaborated um, and they were talking about just their, their friends who she was saying how she's on like a group, a group text with some of her friends and they all have kids around the same age and they'll be talking about like, oh, so-and-so did this. I'm so excited. And it definitely can feel like super isolating when you are talking to other you know, mom friends or strangers or anyone, um, you know, with kids your same age and they're talking like, oh yeah, like little Johnny is doing this. And you're just like, okay, like, that's great that your kid can, you know, like do long division. And, you know, we're excited about like putting their shoes on themselves. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but, but at the same time, it's like, I think, Again, I still think you should share those things that you're excited about. I still think your friends, your your close friends, the people that you care about would want to hear those things. Or, you know, if if you if you're having like a particularly hard day and you're getting those texts that are like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that so and so did this." I think it's okay to be like, "I'm I'm really happy for you that, you know, your child is progressing, but I just just so you know, I'm having a rough day." 
we're dealing with a meltdown or regression or, you know, whatever else. I, 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 I feel like I'm a broken record at this point, but again, I just think that communication piece is so important because especially with people that really care about you, your close friends and family, they, they don't want to hurt you. They, they want to be there and be supportive of you. But if you don't tell them how they can do that and they don't know how to do that, then it's like, you're kind of at a stalemate. So with the relationships that really matter, I do think it's just really important to, like I said, have those kind of awkward conversations and tell them like, this is where I'm at. Or, you know, I can't, it's, it's hard for me to, to hear about these successes today because I'm having a hard time. Um, and it doesn't mean like leave me out always, but it just means like today I kind of need a break, that sort of thing. Um, but again, going back to the, the, the original of like having, having those relationships with your, in your friendships, I think it's kind of like I said, like I had friendships that fell by the wayside and then somebody else had said, um, some friends disappeared after two kids diagnoses and others didn't care. It's the ultimate friend filter, which that I think is kind of the best way to look at it because I'll be honest, like the friendships that I don't have now, it's, it's not like, I'm I'm not going to act like these, like I said, they, what they weren't like bad people or someone I'm like, Oh, good riddance. It's not like that at all. But it's also like the people that really stuck by me and were there for me like those relationships remain and I know that there's like nothing that could come in between those relationships I know that like we are always going to have these these close friendships and I'm just so thankful um which speaking of close friendships this was somebody else had said this um she said my best friend is our children's church ministry director. And after her child's diagnosis, she created a special ministry from scratch that they could attend. And it really just helped her feel supported. And then there were other special need kids that ended up attending that that same service on a regular basis. And she was saying how it was just such a, a, a surprise and blessing after their diagnosis, which I loved hearing that because again, I just think they're it's not like it's easy. <laughs> um, but I think there are those, those really amazing relationships that the people that will rally around you and be there for you, like how they, the other listener had said that it's the ultimate friend filter. It's like, you really do know who your true friends are after your child is diagnosed with autism. Um, okay. And then somebody else, this was talking about marriage it says prioritizing marriage. We get caught up in our kid and talking business. Totally get that with therapy updates and schedule. And they said, but it's brought them closer with working as a team and fighting for the best for our girl. I totally agree with that. I think even in like the hard times of our relationship where we were, like I said, really kind of in survival mode and sort of just like slogging through, I think ultimately it did strengthen our relationship and our, our marriage because we, we were just facing like real shit. I want to (laughs) say, pardon me if that's offensive, but I think, yeah, when, when you, when you go through something that is like really, really challenging and not, not just challenging in, you know, like a, but like shakes you to your core kind of way, like an autism diagnosis does. And you can like kind of weather that storm together. And that doesn't mean you weather it perfectly, but that just means like you get through it together. I do think that that really does strengthen your, your, your bond together. And 
I mean, I, yeah, I, I think Mandy and I are, are lucky and I think we have a good solid foundation, but I think sort of this autism journey that threw us both for such a huge loop and, you know, we're still on, it's a lifelong journey. We, I really do feel like I have like a, a teammate in him. Um, so I'm just very, very grateful for that. Um, somebody else said, I feel like my friends and family are supportive, but no one really gets how hard it is sometimes. Amen, sister. There, there are definitely times when I'm talking to a friend of mine. I had a, 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 this conversation with somebody, I can't remember when it was. Um, we were talking about some, something they, they were not sure what to do. Oh, we were talking about putting, um, starting your chat, like their kid was like right in the cutoff of when they could start kindergarten and they really kind of wanted to start them late, but the school was sort of pressuring them like, no, like go ahead and start. But her, her son had like a later birthday and she's like, Oh, I'm just like so worried. Like what if they fall behind? And I'm not trying to like diminish that. I get it. Like, you know, we all have certain concerns for our kids, but then it's like when I, sometimes I listen to these things and I'm like, and, and that maybe isn't even the best example. Cause I mean, I, like I said, I, I get it, but sometimes there's like really trivial things that people will complain about with their kids or just be like going on and on about. And I'm like, okay, like we're, this is not, <laughs> we're not in the same boat here. We're dealing with very different things. Um, and, and that's where, again, where it comes down to it, no one really gets how hard it is. Sometimes I think you can just tell them like, Hey, this is what we're dealing with. Like, this is, sort of like the, the baseline of where I, where we're at, um, or just invite them over, (laughs) let them kind of have a peek inside your world and talk to them about the the schedule and all the therapy and all the things that go into it. Cause I think when people, they don't always know, they don't always ask, but when, when they kind of get like a little bit of an inside view, I think that that can be like really eye opening and also kind of just validate you a little bit. Um, but, but you're totally right. I don't, I think you really don't understand how hard this is sometimes if you don't live this life and you know, the only people who, who really get it are the people who are like in the trenches with you like me. Um, this one says all the ignorant comments are hard. Um, and then it says what to say when an in-law says vaccines caused it. Oh boy. This was the only time that this has come up, that this came up in the responses, like I said, some of these were kind of similar to each other, um, but I have gotten many messages about this in the past where people have said, oh my gosh, like my so-and-so is asking about vaccines. I know that this had come up um, with Alexis Berry not long ago. She was saying that people were asking her that. Honestly, at that point, like I would, I mean, it's it's really up to you. There Sometimes it's like not worth even having the conversation. Um, it just depends on like what you, how, how much you want to get into it. If it's someone who you don't feel like is going to listen to you, then sometimes it is kind of like, okay, like I, I can't do this with you. (laughs) Um, but again, if it's something that's really, if it's hurting you to, to hear those things, then I do think it's okay to just say, Hey, when you have said this, like, this has really hurt me and, can we have a conversation? Can we talk about it? Because like, I would like to come to some kind of common ground so that, you know, family functions aren't like uncomfortable in the future. And that's hard, but sometimes you just have to do it. And like I said, if you want to just write a letter, that's fine too. Um, okay. Let me see here. Um, this one says, 
the most challenging thing and it's, it's really hard to make mom friends at school. I totally get that. It's definitely, it's very, it's very challenging even with having, you know, two neurotypical daughters. When I talk to like my, their moms, like my or like their friends' moms, it's very, it's just really different. And I feel like I'm having to like explain things a lot and kind of oversimplify things because like I don't know like how much to get into I don't know how much they're (laughs) they're gonna listen to um Logan as far as like moms in like with kids in, in at his school that has been a lot different because he is in a self-contained program. So like all the kids in his class have autism. It's a very small class. Um, I do, I know all the moms. There's a couple that I, I talk to like on a fairly regular basis. One of them is like one of my good friends. Um, and I do have a couple like really close, you know, kind of local friends who also have kids on the spectrum. And that has only really come in the last couple of years, but it's amazing. We try to get to like once a month and just have like a night out or, or in and just, you know, kind of, sit together and talk and you know we talk about our kids and we talk about life too we talk about everything so if you can, if you could find like friends who get it <laughs> I think that's the best um but yeah making new friendships especially if you're like trying to you know kind of meet new moms and whatnot that is that's definitely very very challenging but I think putting yourself out there is is hard in any situation and it's, I mean, I think it's, it's good to do that. And even with those new people, like being honest and open, I think it's kind of the best way to get started with a friendship, but I, I totally get it. That's definitely, I always say, I'm always like, when I meet a new person, I'm like, okay, should I bring up autism or should I just wait for it to come up organically? Because I know what's going to. So that's usually what I do. I'm not like <laughs> leading with, oh, Hey, I'm, you know, Megan, the crazy autism lady. They're going to find out that I'm Megan, the crazy autism lady. So I just try to like lead, I try to be a little more cool and laid back to things of which I am not. Um, okay. And this one, this is a positive one. It says, I'm amazed at my son's ability to pick the exact right people as friends for himself. I love this because I, I actually just recently put up a post about this. Logan started his his second session of swim lessons and he has a new instructor and he just like immediately clicked with her, which since he was a baby, really, I've seen this happen with grownups and with kids, but there's certain people that he is just like drawn to and he has this like immediate connection with them and it's always like so cool to see and it really is almost like magic and I do think that that's like a superpower and I think it's incredible so when when this person shared that I'm like oh, I love that because I I totally see that in Logan and I hope that that I know this person's uh son is like an adult now and I just hope that, that continues forever because I think it is it's such an amazing quality um okay so I have some more here um oh this one yeah this is something I can definitely relate to so this is um Friends and family ask me about future plans that include my daughter, but not my son, who was diagnosed with autism, and it makes me feel sad because they're overlooking him, especially because he's older, and they'll ask plans about my my daughter's future plans, but they won't ask him. I'm not sure if they know what they're doing, but it hurts me. It's really sad. I, I totally... I can totally relate to that for sure. I think sometimes people do, again, it's one of those things where it's like they don't know what to say, so they kind of don't say anything at all, which sometimes that is the right approach. But when it comes to 
to this where it's like they're just like excluding your child, that's like really, really hard. Um, and I think what I would do in that situation, if they're asking like, oh, what's your daughter doing for school this year? I would be like, yeah, she's going into, you know, first grade or whatever. Like she's really excited to work on this or learn this. And then I would just say, yeah. And Logan is going into third grade and he last year started doing really awesome with math independently. So we're going to, you know, continue to work on that. And we're still working on his communication skills and it's a challenge, but he's working really hard and, you know, we're supporting him just like insert those little pieces because a, like they'll find out about it, but maybe then they will start to ask like, Oh, what about this? And I, I think it, it is sad and it's definitely, again, I think it's good that this person said like they, they're not trying to hurt them. I think it's important to just self-reflect in those times when it's like you feel hurt and be like, okay. Cause there are definitely times when I know I'm being like really sensitive about something. I'm a sensitive person and I have to like kind of check myself sometimes. I'm not, not saying that that's like what, you know, everyone needs to do always. I think there, there are times when it's okay to be sensitive and, but it's just like, it's, it's also good to self-reflect and be like, okay, like temperature check for myself. Like, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And then you can kind of proceed a little bit more clear headed as opposed to like coming just from an emotional place. Um, which, yeah. So like I said, that, that's probably what I would do in that situation. Um, okay. This is somebody else said, the comments like, oh, every kid did that, or boys will be boys, or some kids are late talkers. It's really frustrating. Yeah, I totally hear that. People say that kind of stuff all the time. And again, it's really up to you, like what, what you want your response to be. If you want to just kind of nod along, if it's someone who's not that important to you and you're like, oh yeah, boys will be boys. Or if you want to dig a little bit deeper, it's up to you. And you're always kind of taking a gamble because you don't know how well it'll be received. But I do think with those people that you really care about and the people that you're close with, I think it is, it's really good to, to say that and just to kind of bring, bring those things up. Um, okay. I think, I think that's it. Um, another one that just says all the ignorant comments are hard. Yeah. I mean, I think I, like I said, some of these were kind of similar to each other. But I think those were kind of the, the biggest, the biggest ones that I wanted to, to hit on that were shared. Thank you so much to everybody that shared. I know it's hard sometimes to, you know, be so vulnerable, which is why I kept these anonymous too, because I think that, you know, we don't always, again, not, not everyone is as open <laughs> or, or I guess like as, as, uh, visibly open as, as I am. Um, but I really do. I, I, I share these things because I, I just want people to know, like, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, I get it. I relate to it. And as isolating as this journey can feel and lonely as this journey can feel. And I've, I've said that to many family members and friends. I have had that conversation because sometimes it also feels like people kind of want to, like, gloss over things. I know something I used to get a lot. And people don't necessarily say it to me as much now, I think, because, again, I am so open about things. But... When, when we would talk about Logan, especially with like a newer person or just someone who I hadn't maybe necessarily talked to in a while, they would always say like, oh, is he, is he high functioning? That was like always the question that I would get. And it would just drive me bonkers because A, like, I don't think that that is 
I mean, I think functioning labels are a problem in itself. Um, but I, I also am just like, why does that matter? Like that shouldn't be like what you're asking. That shouldn't be like the question that you have. <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was going with this. I'm just saying things that, things that have bugged me. Um, but like I said, I have, I have fully been there and, oh, that's what I was going to say is I, I would, I would tell people like when we were having conversations, like, you know, this having a child with autism can feel very lonely and very isolating. And I was, I was pretty open about that. Like right from the beginning, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I am almost always just like a open, vulnerable person. I, I mean, I, I think in general, like I don't have a lot of walls up. I mean, hence, you know, having a podcast, but that was something that it was, it was definitely like, I felt very vulnerable telling somebody that, but it also just felt really honest. So that was something I I definitely would tell people. And as much as it was maybe hard to, to say those things and tell people like how lonely and isolating it felt, I think people can relate to that, even if they obviously can't relate to, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but a lot of people are not going to be able to relate to having a child with autism, they're just not unless they live this life and they have a child with autism. But I think people can relate to that feeling of like loneliness or isolation. I think there's probably times in all of our lives where we have that feeling. And so I think like finding like points of connection that people can relate to, I think can be really helpful. I know that that definitely has helped me because I, I, like I said, I will say like, not that I don't anticipate there being, you know, issues down the road, but I feel like at this point, I I really am at like a really good place with all the relationships that I have because I feel like I can be honest with everyone. And I think that is kind of what's most important. And if I can be honest with them, then I think and in turn, they can be honest with me, or at least I hope so. So, okay. Wow. I feel like this was a, a long one, but a good one. I think everything that, you know, I talked about today is really important as far as like navigating all these relationships, because again, your, your relationships are, are so, so important to you. And, you know, I always say that I think community and support can get you through anything. And, you know, having the support of like your, your partner, your spouse, your family, your friends is always needed, but especially, you know, while you are navigating a new diagnosis or, you know, just on this this journey that again is like lifelong. I think you, you do, you need those people and, you know, nurturing your relationships is, is so, so important. So I hope this was helpful. I hope I didn't, you know, ramble on too much. Let me know what you think. If you have any other like questions, comments, concerns, definitely reach out. You can always find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism. 2018 at yahoo.com. Always love hearing from you guys. Um, yeah, especially if you have any feedback about, about this episode or anything else. I do feel like the hot topics, I tend to get a lot of feedback, which is awesome. I love having conversations with y'all. Um, again, I just want to throw out there, if you are enjoying the show and you have not yet left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so appreciative if you would do that especially if you would tap that five star. (laughs) Five star ratings are definitely my favorite. Um, But also if you would, you know, leave a few kind words if you're enjoying the show, that means so, so much to me. If you're listening and you're liking this episode, take a screenshot, share it. That means so much to me. Tag me. You guys are the best. Thank you. Um, Okay. 
that is all for now. And until next time, take care.